Hello and welcome back to Happy Port Radio Season 6. In this season, we're talking all things circular in Africa. And in this episode, I'm really excited to be joined by Sarah Karamsi, who is a technology project lead at Hello Tractor. Hello Tractor's award-winning IoT platform helps farm equipment owners, dealers in banks and farmers. And they started in Nigeria and Kenya, now they're operating in several other African countries and also in Southeast Asia. One of my favorite things about this conversation, Emily, was we get to talk a little bit about some cool tech, talk about data and IoT and the use of it in a very African-specific context. Yes, I could sense you were nerding out a little bit on all that. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite things about this conversation was just kind of Sarah's attitude towards the problem solving that's going on behind this project and what that kind of means on a bigger scale and the impact it can have and yeah I just could see like the full thought process behind it like this is why we're doing this because it does this and I really appreciated that Mm, yeah and I think we also touched on a number of other really interesting and challenging topics the difference between the African context and the European context which is one of our themes and we're trying to as we've always said we're trying to approach this season from a position of ignorance basically of, of like we're looking at all these amazing things that are happening across Africa and trying to learn what works and the differences between the two different contexts and I really enjoyed Sarah's passionate talk about taking the technology and the professional skill sets and working out how to find solutions that are impactful on the ground. Yeah she's quite inspiring and her story about how she started with such a determination and especially you know being a woman in tech and it was just really great to see that passion come through from her yeah definitely and so without any further ado let's meet sarah my name is sarah and i work for hello tractor as a technology project manager I'm loving working with this company because of the amount of lives that we touch that is on a very huge scale. So what the company does is we're an agriculture technology company that connects small farmers who struggle with their land that they have. And we provide accessibility to labor equipment so that they can maximize on their land that they have. And we also support them with access to mechanization so that they can improve their yields, become more productive, and ultimately, eventually get themselves out of the poverty line. So that's how the tractor in a nutshell. Awesome. Thank you so much. And welcome to Happy Watch Radio. Thank you. Really looking forward to this conversation, Sarah. So just to sort of really dig into a little bit and sort of set the scene for the rest of the conversation, let's dig into a little bit about what you mean by where the technology comes in and what you mean by providing the things like mechanization and that kind of support. Maybe you can give us an example or something. Of course. So we have a mobile application. The application is of twofold, which supports the supply of mechanization to the demand, which is the farmers. So we have a tractor owner application that does the fleet management for the tractor owners. And we have the booking application that helps farmers get access to these tractors. So the mobile application has two use cases. We have the fleet management where the tractor owner is able to monitor and check the kind of things that the tractor is up to. So for example, the route, the fuel, 
the operator that is operating the tractor. And on the other side, we have an agent that connects farmers to the tractors. So we have a farmer who decides that he wants to plow today. So he looks for plowing service. He enters his name. He enters his location. He enters the size of his farm. So like, let's say two acres of land. And he sends in a booking request to the tractor owner and the booking is paired and the tractor is scheduled to come to the farmer. And that's how they use it. That's how the app sort of works. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. And so I saw on the website somewhere there was an excellent video talking about and giving examples and trying to uh, bringing that to life. And one of the things they mentioned was that, you know, very small scale farmers maybe only need the, something like a big plow, you know, a tractor with a plow a couple of days a year, you know, and it's definitely way beyond their budget to buy that kind of machinery exactly. themselves. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, of course. So like a lot of the farmers that are on our applications, like 53%, I think is the number. Let me just quickly check. 55%. <laughs> yeah. So 55% of our farmers who have actually used our service, they have said that that's their first time ever using mechanization. So traditionally speaking, you know, it's a bull and a cart, or it's like manual hand labor where a person is actually digging through in the land, right? And these are the farmers that are coming back to us and they're saying that this is the first time I've been able to do a big chunk of my land, which t- used to take me days. I've done it within hours. And ultimately that improves the yield that you have, you know, that means that there's more food that they're selling and there's more income that they're getting. So yeah, that is a very factual statement. You know, most of the farmers, like a big amount of the entire population of the African continent, if you go and look, a lot of them are farmers. And a lot of them actually are, because of circumstances, because of, you know, poverty and low income households, they're forced to resort to like manual labor, digging, spending hours, using a bull and a cart. So this is why Hello Tractor exists mechanization and automation is creating more efficient production for these farmers yeah Mm. yeah and Sarah just for the listeners who might not fully grasp how a sharing application is in fact contributing to the circular economy could you describe how the circularity element is kind of part of all this yeah so if you look at the circular economy you know we have the major elements in a circular economy is the business, the society, and the economy overall. So if we're to tap into our Kenyan economy, for example, and we have to look at the amount of population that live below the poverty line, I believe the number is, okay, I'm not going to throw in a number, but we have a, a huge amount of people who live below the poverty line. And because food is a necessity, it's food, you know, everybody needs to eat to survive. And Because of that necessity and because of the circumstances that you are living in, you need to make that income so that you can afford food to eat and to feed your family. So the role that Helotractor plays in a circular economy is that in terms of the business, we're providing a very efficient system to both the demand and the supply of the entire economy for agriculture And we're doing it at a cost that is so low. So if you look into like, if we were to tap into IoT as a theory and as a product in the global ecosystem, 
IoT is quite expensive. You need like huge servers that have logs of data mm. because you need to wrangle the data. It needs to sit somewhere. It needs to be manipulated and provided to the users. And it also logs data because it's like everyday use. You know, your house is connected, your curtains open through a voice command. And it's a lot of moving parts to make an IoT product work. Now, if you look mm. at what Hello Tractor is doing, we're doing it at, at a cost that is quite affordable, you know, and because of that efficiency that we're creating and because of that affordability, we're not ignoring the farmers that can't afford such something like that. And neither are we downscaling the quality for our tractor owners who need to manage and operate their fleet. So if we were to look in the circular economy, I believe, you know, it's contributing towards economic growth. It's also contributing towards society and, and uplifting people and taking them out of poverty. Yeah. Nice. And just as a clarification, by IoT, you mean Sorry. Internet of Things, right? Yes. Internet of Things, <laughs> correct. <laughs> I feel like half the people who listen to this podcast are just tech digi people who will totally understand that. And then, then it's like, People like me who need a clarification. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have. For all said those that. people out there. <laughs> cool. So what I'm kind of visualizing is that there's, you know, these people who have the means to own these bigger pieces of machinery and not necessarily the need for them all the time. And then there's a huge proportion of people who actually can really benefit from the use of that machinery, but have absolutely no need for it more than, you know, as Barry mentioned, once or twice a year, and have no way of gaining access to that on a permanent basis. And so Hello Tractor is kind of the bridge, or yeah. the, the middle of the web, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. So I can tell you about a more specific features that we offer to kind of tap into the seasonal side of need for a tractor or mechanization. So for our fleet management system, we offer things like, so for a tractor owner, there are things like, I own a tractor, but somebody only uses it twice a year because of the seasons that there is higher yield versus like another season where there is it's it's dry, for example. So we offer things like route optimization. So we provide insights to tractor owners where we say, you know, this is the season that your tractors would be fully utilized. So we have something called route optimization, which is seasonal. We also do something called clustering where we tell, we group the farmers in an area where we make sure that if a tractor is traveling, it's not traveling to like really widely spread areas. So we cluster these bookings so that a tractor is used efficiently in that area. So there's also that side of route optimization. There's also things like fuel theft. We're in a continent, unfortunately, where there is theft of fuel. You know, it's sold somewhere else. Again, it's because, because of how, if you are living in those poor circumstances, this is how the society works, right? Which is unfortunate. So yeah, we offer fuel theft, even the person who is operating the tractor, we have their details, we have their timings, we plan tractor movements. And all of this is purely to just create more efficient use of the tractor. You know, if you go and see a lot of the tractors are government owned, but some are commercially owned. 
And you will find like tractors that are just sitting there lying, not in use. And Hello Tractor comes in and says, we want to make sure that that you're gaining maximum benefit out of owning a tractor. So we are providing these insights. We're providing these areas where your tractor could be used more efficiently and also maintenance, like fuel calibration. No matter what interests that a tractor owner might have, we try our best to like help them manage their fleet. Yeah. So going back to what you said earlier, there's a kind of a two-sided benefit. The okay. the farmer, the individual, the small-scale farmer is getting access, at affordable access to machinery that is potentially life or business changing for him or them. And the organizations, if it's governmental or the individuals or whatever that own the tractors, are able to maximize and use that resource fully. Yeah. And in theory, maybe longer term, you're thinking about, okay, well, that means maybe you need less tractors overall in order to create the same effect, yeah. right? <laughs> of course, yeah. So... Again, that comes with like automation and mechanization, right? It's Mm. efficiency. It's Mm. affordable, lower cost in terms of like time and money. And yes, like you said, eventually we will come to a point where there would be lesser need for these tractors because it's being used efficiently. And I think if it is used efficiently, then I think we're doing our job really well, right? Yeah, 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 wonderful. I love the fact as well that the way that you're using that data to do things like optimization and and clustering and and solving on the ground problems or helping to solve on the ground problems culturally or specific problems like you mentioned fuel theft. By the way, I meant to ask at the start, Hello Tractor operates in Kenya and Nigeria. Is that right? Or where yeah, does it operate? We have Kenya, Nigeria. and We started off in Nigeria and then grew out into Kenya. Okay, so we're in Ghana. We're in Tanzania. We're in Pakistan. Ah, okay. Yeah, Asia, I think Thailand there and a couple others. But mostly, yes, Nigeria, um, Tanzania, Rwanda recently, Kenya, yeah. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about, I'm interested just from a technology point of view in in the IoT part that you mentioned. Again, there was some interesting hooks that I saw on the website talking about, so there's a device you attach to the tractors, right, for monitoring. But then you've also got issues like connectivity, patchy connectivity and questions. So tell us a little bit about, I guess, how that side works. Yeah. So we have a device that we install on every tractor that makes it kind of smart. I don't know how air quotes get (laughs) portrayed in, a audio, on, on, in an audio, in audio. <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing the air quotes <laughs> so yeah so we have devices that are installed and these devices have a sim card that have a gsm connection obviously so it works just how a mobile phone would work on mobile data and as much as we encourage people to use the smartphones to monitor their tractor movement and stuff like that it is a fact that those tractors are in in areas where there is little to no connectivity So the device captures the data and stores it. And then when they're in better connectivity, it batches that data and sends it. So yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, really cool. And from a development and and product development tech, that's a really interesting problem (laughs) to be constantly working Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. So like in terms of the tech, we made sure that it's not like data that is forgotten just because of lack of connectivity. It's important to capture it. So we've made sure that it's captured somewhere, even if it's in a in the local device, so that it gets get sent when the connectivity is there. Yeah. Brilliant. Just to change tack very slightly, we'll come back to that. 
I'm interested in your story. How, how like what your the role that you play in, in Hello Tractor and how you got involved. Yeah, so I have a background in tech. So I studied in Cape Town. I did my undergrad in the University of Cape Town, South Africa, which is absolutely beautiful. The listeners should go and visit when COVID is less. <laughs> so I studied information systems and my background is technology, but information systems is mostly about the system of software. And I've always been excited about process analytics and data analytics. So I consider myself quite data-driven and process-driven. And I believe that, you know, if you want to really create value through tech, just make it more efficient because at the end of the day, you want to make it affordable and you want to make it less timely so that it's been used by everybody and nobody should be missing out. So personally, I'm process-driven, I'm data-driven, and I'd like to create value through my knowledge and expertise. And then Hello Tractor reached out to me, I remember, just in like beginning of COVID, so like January 2020. And they reached out and, and they told me, you know, this is what we do. We're in the agri-tech scene. And I had never really tapped into agri-tech, never. But I remember reading about it and I remember feeling as if, even though I might not see tangible benefit and like do something with my hands to like help a farmer get out of the poverty line, it's something that's very intangible. But I remember feeling like if I did something, even if it's a small amount, to help them, then I would consider myself super lucky. So yeah, Hello Tractor reached out. We had like a temporary project that I did for them and they were graceful enough to accept me and take me on their team. So that's how I got into agri-tech. But I didn't come from an agriculture background at all. I remember just reading and I was just like, wow, you know, if I could do something like that, even if it's on a small scale, I would love to. Thank you for sharing your story. It's really cool to hear your kind of inspiration and passion behind it. And I love the thing you said about making sure that technology is accessible to everyone, that everyone has the opportunity to get the most out of these technologies. And I think that what I see with Hello Tractor is that thing of, okay, this is what we've got. How do we just distribute it better? You know, mm -hmm. how do we make the actual process of using it more efficient? Which I really like. I've seen a couple of times that Hello Tractor has been compared to like, it's Uber. like the Uber for tractors, <laughs> which the more I hear you talk about it, the less I kind of agree with because it's not that... You know, Uber has become this thing that people use when they can't be bothered to use their own car. <laughs> Not that they don't necessarily have a car. You know, Uber isn't really necessarily a greener option or any of that. I think actually there was some chat about how the fact that there are so many Ubers on the road now means that there's more cars going around and that there's more emissions. I suppose my question about when it comes to Hello Tractor in that sense with more use of a tractor, there's going to be more emissions. There's going to be something of an impact in that space. Obviously, in a sense, it's like outweighed by the fact that, as you said, the, the social impact, the increased yields, people are being fed more efficiently. How does that kind of play into the Hello Tractor and, and maybe the business model or the values of the organization? So I'm glad you brought the comparison to Uber. Because if you think about the Uber market, right, like you mentioned, there's like a, a huge amount of 
supply of cars, right? Like if you look at the market, it, it's I can go out today and like use my car as an Uber, right? Today, and it's it's so quick and easy. But that just tells me that anybody can do it, and that also tells me that there is a lot of cars out there in the market to have the potential to become Ubers and emit those gas and like things that are harmful to the society, right? But if you look at the tractor side of the market, there aren't that many. And it's not something that we have kind of like solved for as a human population to not use cars and tractors and machinery to operate and help us achieve our goals. But if you compare it to the amount of tractors that exist in a certain area versus the amount of cars, and if you pan out a little, yes, there is you know, a lot of emissions and a lot of we contribute to carbon footprint. But I believe it's a necessary evil, if I may, because if you look at the amount of lives we're actually affecting and helping on the agriculture side of the economy and the farmers and even the economy as a whole in terms of growth and improvement, I think, yeah, I would say it's, it's a necessary evil. And having said that, this is where the route optimization comes in. So because you're intentional and you're surgically finding the correct season, the correct area, the correct size of the, of the farm, you're making sure that the use of the tractor is very intentional in terms of there's nothing extra that the tractor is doing that is unnecessary. So as much as we try to optimize these routes and make sure that they're not going to other areas, which is a longer route, which is more emissions into the atmosphere, it's still going to be there. You know, we just, we do our best to reduce it through our route optimization. Yeah, I, I very much appreciate that attitude and that mindset. It's almost admitting, sure, these like fossil fuel guzzling machines are not the perfect solution, but that's what we have. And so let's use them in the most efficient way possible. Let's ensure that we are kind of approaching this purposefully and saying, okay, how do we just use the data that we have and make sure that we're thinking about this and not just consuming and using without that, as you say, the intention. I think that's such a huge part of actually what the circular economy is. Perfection isn't really the goal. It's this attitude with which we approach consumption and utilization of things that I think is so important. Yeah, I pray one day, you know, we will get Tesla trucks, which is just run on, you know, solar power or something. I don't know, one day. That would be cool. Yeah. I know. <laughs> one of the reasons, one of the topics, one of the things we want to talk about with this season is the difference in different contexts, right? You've touched on what Haro Tractor is doing in Africa and interesting in Asia where there is this real difference between people who literally can't afford a tractor and a few days can make a big impact for them. In Europe or here, I suspect that the problem is almost reversed. Everybody's got a tractor and they're all sitting around and most of the farming is large scale and, and sort of over generation small scale farming has basically been beaten back or whatever the term is. So I'm interested in, do you have any thoughts on how... I guess that's a general question about that context, like solutions for the right context. You're talking about really optimizing that with a low tractor. Yeah, I mean, we try and make sure that 
even if you do own a fleet, we, we try and make sure that it's used. So it's not just sitting there. It's, it, that's an asset that is not being used. So if it's not being used, it's not being monitored. If it's not being monitored, that, that means there's things that you oversee. You find yourself in a position where you need to repair, you know, because it's just lying there and not in use, right? So we try and offer the fleet management solution with the route optimization and that tells you, yes, there is a need and there is a huge market that needs tractors. In the context of Europe, I mean, I don't know the statistics, but I would say that because it's on, on such a large scale, that would mean that the mechanization and the automation of, you know, the plowing and the harrowing and the rowing is also on a larger scale. So the need, I guess, in Africa is quite different from the need in Europe because of how there is a huge amount of our population that are farmers. And in Europe, you can't say that for you know a continent like Europe. You, you can't say that 93% of the continent is like, or the country is like farmers, right? You can't say that. For example, please do not quote my statistic. <laughs> that is a wrong statistic. <laughs> but I do have this statistic somewhere. Yeah. So in the context of comparing Africa to Europe, yeah, I, I think to answer your question, it would be Africa has the need for mechanization it has a need for these tractors while in europe even though you have so many i don't think the need is that much because of the amount of farmers that are in europe yeah 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 it's a different it's a whole different problem of of resource efficiency and exactly. over resourced rather than under resourced yeah yeah and also, the other thing that I'm really fascinated about it was to go back to when you were talking about, well, you know, you have this skill set and this passion and understanding around process data and data analytics, and that you got excited about being able to take that skill, that passion and skill set and use it in a, in a way that helps people. That's one of the other things that I personally passionate about and that I think is really an interesting <laughs> for the listener to think about like us as an industry, right? As, a, as a people who work in product, in development, in data, and even in the creative side of that, in, of the industry, that there is, I would say it's actually a responsibility, but there's an opportunity to get involved and use the skill sets and the things that we can do exactly as you're doing by finding a place where we can contribute. So I wanted to say basically awesome and great work for take, for taking the opportunity to make that happen. Yeah. I consider myself so lucky because I remember when I was in I was in high school and it was in grade eight or grade nine or grade eight. I was so sure that I wanted to be in tech. Like, you know how in grade eight and grade nine, you're picking your subjects and then in A-level, you have to pick more subjects. And then in university, you're like, all right, I need to pick a degree. I was one of the only person in my class who was like, nope, it's technology for me. This is what I want. You know, I love data and I want to be efficient. And I was so focused, like tech, tech, tech. And then I went to university and I you know, as a female in tech, at that time, it was quite gender biased, you know, to get into tech as mm, a female. <laughs> Unfortunately, it still is, right? So I remember, like, I was the only girl in my class full of, it was like boys in my class. I remember I was the only girl. And I was like, nope, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to pursue this. And then I remember even when I went to university, it was nice to see outside of life where there's more females but again still male dominant and I remember when I was pursuing this course information systems the reason why I specifically went for information systems and not computer science is exactly what you said it's about the 
process. It's about the business. It's about using technology in a system to create value. And I remember thinking to myself, there is no industry in the world that doesn't use a system. You know, even playing football, there is the training and then there is the qualification and then there's a place, a system. It's a, there's an input, there's a process and there's an output. So I remember feeling so passionate about my course because of that simple understanding of information systems. It's a system that can exist anywhere. It, it exists in the medical industry. It exists in the agriculture tech, agriculture industry, finance industry, you know, sport industry, food industry. Everything has a system. And that is why if you think about how you can improve systems to create value in whatever industry, then you're lucky. Like you're, you're doing your job and you can be anywhere and doing it for anybody. So that's why I, I was stuck with tech. That's how I saw it as a whole system. That's outstanding. It much, very eloquently put. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And I'd love to keep that conversation. And there's so much... I think every episode I say this, but it's such a wonderful conversation to be having. And I feel really privileged to be able to speak to people like you. But as we start to think about winding up this conversation, unfortunately, two, uh, two questions I'd like to, to finish with. The first one, is, and, and the same question, but from two different ways. So from your personal point of view and from Hello Tractor point of view, what's next? What's the future? So for me, like on a very personal level, I think... Because I've tapped into the agriculture side of the industry, it's like, <laughs> I'll, I'll go back to like talking about how food is, is a necessity for survival. And we live in a globe where we have global warming, so much climate change. Like if you take the example of the pandemic, you know, people were just talking up on food and we're very driven with like survival instincts as a human population. And food is one of the the biggest driving factors, right? And from a personal point of view, if I was to look at the future of this industry and me being in it, I believe that if we start now, because of the things that the world has thrown us, you know, the pandemic has really opened up our eyes to the kind of things that the world is, can potentially, I'm not wishing bad for the world, but I'm just thinking like, if we do end up in a situation again, where we're stuck, and we can't get out and we can't we don't have access to food and there are people who are living below the poverty line who not only don't have access to food on a general day but now because of covid and because of circumstances there's lockdown you can't supply you can't sell your product for me i want to be in a position where i can say i laid down the groundwork or I've contributed to something that would mitigate something like that in the next five or 10 years. So I want to be in a position where I can say, this global change that is going on in the next 10 years, I've mitigated some of it, and I helped lives in some way for the future. That's my personal answer. From a Hello Tractor point of view, it's more towards the technology. It's about having ease of accessibility of technology to a wider group of people. So we can't say right now that Hello Tractor is tapped into every person who is in need of mechanization. We, we can't say that because there's a whole continent out there. We're not really, as much as we're trying hard, we're, we're traveling, we're going out and we're finding these people. We can't say for sure that we've got in touch with every person. So in terms of Hello Tractor, I believe it's, it's getting that accessibility to the technology and to just 
drill further into that. It's to make the technology more efficient, more flexible, less friction between the tractor owners and the farmers, easy onboarding, easy understanding, especially like if you if you talk to like a farmer and talk to them about the potential that can come out of their one acre of land. It's educating them about how mechanization can help them. Because at the end of the day, it's also a population that, like I said, it was 55% of our farmers hadn't gotten a tractor service. So it's opening them up to these possibilities that makes them think, okay, I shouldn't, me and my, my child and my grandchild shouldn't be a farmer for the rest of their lives, you know, let's get them out of that. And beyond the technology, it's also for Hello Tractor's future, we want to tap into other countries, you know, like selling devices to other countries like Asia, India, Thailand, like beyond that, again, tapping into these markets of farmers that need the mechanization. So yeah, that's from a Hello Tractor perspective. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We genuinely do need to um, stop the recording, uh, unfortunately, because there's so much we could keep going on. And But for those who are interested in learning more about Hello Tractor, it's hellotractor.com. Thank you, Sarah, so much. Thank you so much for this. I, I was really happy to be here. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Sarah. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Happy Porch Radio. Hope you enjoyed it. You can hear more of our episodes at happyporchradio.com. You can also get in touch with us there. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any ideas or if you want to talk to us about something. We'd also love it if you can share these podcasts, review, rate, tell your pals, tell your neighbors, tell everyone. Tell your dog. Tell your dog. (laughs) Listen along with the whole family. And my name's Barry and I founded HappyPorch.com and Happy Porch fund and support the podcast. At Happy Porch, we do technology and software development for purpose-led businesses. And we are particularly excited about the role of digital as an enabler for the circular economy. So if you're working on solutions to the big problems we face today, problems like climate change and biodiversity loss and global inequality, then let's connect. Visit HappyPorch.com and get in touch. And my name's Emily and I am a coach facilitator and a podcaster. My projects focus on personal development, innovation for a better world and connecting with nature. My latest podcasting adventure alongside Happy Porch Radio is exploring the world of carbon removal. Find out more about this and everything that I do at emilyswaddle.com or you can get in touch with me at hello at emilyswaddle.com.